Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello there. Welcome back to the Ollie Skelton show that everybody rates. Tossa, it's called. Now, this is an odd one today because we've kind of got like a co-host... Chantel is a writer for Pedestrian. She is co-host of We've Done the Maths, which reviews, would you believe, maths. And now she's helping produce the Tosser podcast, which has been great. So I thought, look, she's in the space, smart cookie. We'd love to have her on for a chat. She's also been an avid spokesperson on TikTok for people struggling with the current rental crisis, which is a lot of people, especially if you're living in Sydney. So check out Chantel Schmidt on TikTok for her story there. I thought this episode was a really good one. We had some thought-provoking chat, I guess. We chat the psychology of the maths watcher. I discuss my leaked photo. And we argue if you were the tosser, if you want to be called grandma in the bedroom. It's all that and more on this week's episode of the Tosser Podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to the Ollie Skelton Show that everybody rates. The acronym for that is TOSA. You are listening to the TOSA podcast and we're going to go with a guest host today. Guest host, we've done the maths host, which is what I used to watch when I had constant anxiety um, through the three months period that my face was on the television every night. And then also TOSA podcast collaborator, none other than Chantel Schmidt, guest hosting today. Thank you, Chantel. Thank you. If you could just call me Chantel moving oh, forward, that right. would be a hoot. Okay, so why is it Chantel and not Chantel? It makes me sound very posh, don't you think? Chantel. Chantel. Yeah, you're right. And I come from like I come from the gutter in um, Midland mm-hmm. in Perth. Mm-hmm. Are, you fami- are you familiar with Midland? Never been to Perth. Dude, it's not the best. Um, but And I, can't, I don't even know what to compare it to now. Greater Western Sydney? No, Western Sydney. I'm okay. thinking of the AFL. Okay. Um, and then Schmidt. Schmidt is strong. Dare, dare I say it, Jewish. German. Oh. So anyway, um, I'm really, really stoked to have you on today. So you were, you were, you're a prominent writer um, during Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. Married at First Sight. Yeah. A couple of things. Number one, why? Why? I always ne- when I when I would see you commentate on it. I don't know. You just seemed like um, an intellectual, and you. I. What I, are you saying about the show that you were on? You. Or how could you be doing a maths recap when you're an intellectual? Well, no, I, I do consider f- maths to be like fast food for your eyes. But what I think I learned. What? Okay, I'm not going to answer my own question. Mm. Nice little reversal there. And what I did learn was that the. Net of people that engage with this show in every 
single subcategory is very wide. Mm-hmm. You've got people that watch it for all different reasons, people that kind of watch it as the voyeurist, people that kind of ride and are fully engaged in the show, some people that watch it as background filler. While they're doing the dishes. While they're, while they're doing something. Yeah, some people watch it for the villains and to, for the hate of hating the ca- the, the certain character and then other people, maybe they're in the time of their life when they're really clucky on love mm-hmm. and they watch it for the love story. And, yeah, I guess I've answered your question there. which well done. Um, <laughs> well, I think obviously it's different for every person. I think for me my biggest takeaway from maths is observing relationships at multiple stages of that relationship, right? So you mentioned the people that are really clucky on love. Mm. And I think in the beginning, we're just given such hope, mm. right? And then we watch sort of the pieces come undone. Right. And for me, it's just like a little bit of validation in a way. Yeah. Because I think it just mirrors normal dating, right? Like every single person I've been on a first date with, I'm usually obsessed with them. Mm. Maybe I'll be obsessed with them for another three dates. Mm. And then over a week, two weeks, I'm like, who is this person? Mm -hmm. And why did I ever romanticize a connection with them right. because they couldn't be worse for me, right? And you see that happen on maths, right? Mm-hmm. Cam and Lyndall, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to be the couple. Yeah. Fuck no. They could not be worse for each other, uh-huh. you know? Right. So from the hope aspect of uh, the relationships on maths, that's something because I think there is that. Like there's I, I would read the comments when I was watching maths and some people would say, get it seemed like there was we were split between the middle of when me and Tony would get on the screen, get them off, mm-hmm. and then other people that would be like, yes. I don't think anyone was like, get them off. Oh. You, you've done the thing oh. where you've focused on the three out of 100 negative no. comments, haven't you? I promise you, I promise you, I would read the Reddit thread live and it was like, Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. Oh, Tani and Ollie, get them off. All right, five-second couch session. Do you think that was productive to you? Do you think that, would you recommend that the next crop of cast for season 11 reads the live Reddit? It's like driving past a fire. You can't not look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You c- so you wouldn't have done anything differently because you just couldn't. I made a point of saying to Tani when the show first aired, I'm not reading the comments, stuff that, I'm not doing that. Tani would laugh at the irony of that statement and how obsessed I was with the comments Mm -hmm. um, after, but I was fortunate. I was fortunate because you have to look at it net negative or net positive. And I would be like, oh, well, the general consensus is this, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it even gets to one thing that I never thought that I would experience. And, you know, you hear people talk about like, oh, I don't care what the comments say about me. And I, I was always like, sure you don't, but you do build up a barrier. Like, you really do, and maybe maybe it's my maybe it's my ego that um, nurses it with one thing or the other. Um, but you definitely, I definitely did build up a, like scar tissue. Mm, I think anyone that says they don't care is lying. Mm. I think that over time you get used to your new normal, which is mm. being critiqued and being criticised, basically. But I think that the effect that it has is pretty fucked up, Mm. right? A, you become like weirdly narcissistic when people are 
always talking about you. Very you're, true. You're the main character, right? Like, yeah. especially if you've never had that before. Yeah. What I try and tell the cast if I meet them after I've recapped them for an entire season and sometimes dragged them through mm. the fucking mud. Right. I say, just letting you know, I'm not critiquing you as a person. Right. I'm critiquing your edit. Right. Because in my mind, you guys are all characters and you've all been edited yeah. in a way that serves the narrative of the show. Yeah. So it's my job to play into that narrative. Yeah. 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 It is tough because people have, um, there is the majority of the population that see that as you. And, you know, this, I'm, I say this all the fucking time now, um, but. It's, I don't believe that it's representative of you in you as the person that you are, you as the the daughter, you as the co-worker, you as the friend, which is an integral part of who you are as a person, but rather who you are in this relationship. And we've all been in fucking shitty relationships we've, that bring out the absolute worst in us. And if that got clipped up in within the high-pressure environment that you're in, um, you're going to look like a fool, you know, potentially you might self-sabotage, which is exactly what Alyssa did. And people then say, well, that is that person's character. Mm. It's like wrong. That's not that person's character at all. Alyssa is one of the nicest people that I have met in my life. Mm. And um, that was the big one for me. That was the 180. That's another thing with Alyssa is that I really feel and relate to her in that situation. Right. If you put me with a 10 out of 10, mm. Duncan could even be an 11 out of 10 if you want, mm. but if you put me with someone that is that attractive and that, you know, everyone is telling you is that attractive and is amazing and mm. Prince Charming, like the experts would tell her, right. I'd be fucking insecure as well. Right. And insecure Chantel is not a great Chantel, no. right? And therefore she unfortunately got the insecure version of herself, mm -hmm. would love to see even, you know, in whatever Alyssa does in future, to see different versions of her, mm. you know, like would love to see her in a really happy, healthy relationship and see what kind of personality she brings to the table. Uh, okay. Well, I, I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. So the person that you saw on the show, as opposed to the person I am, aside from my height, which is very rude. Um, what would you say, like, am I the, the same person or am I different? I think you're the same. I think that obviously you only see this small version of Ollie. And from what I remember from the show, it was just like you dressing up and you joking around right. and whatnot. I think there's a lot more, I watched Girl Next Door last night, so just appreciate what I'm about to say. There's a lot more moral fiber. Oh, damn. Right. So I think that you're actually a lot deeper and a lot more layered than people are led, we're led to believe on the show. Is this, this the camera? This is the camera. I'm just I letting them know. Oh. I, was, I was just letting them know. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, and that's something that I realised when you came on the We've Done the Maths podcast mm. is the way that your, that your ears kind of prick up when it's a conversation about relationships or, you know, toxic areas of human beings mm. or like you just really are interested in the way that humans are wired and the way that they behave, I think. Oh. which I don't think was shown. I think it came across as like, well, what blah, blah say? Yeah. When I think that you would have been part of that conversation and been like, but why did she say that? I probably didn't show that though my, myself. Like I probably was just like, I want to. But as I think as it got a little bit deeper, you start to get a bit more raw and you start to go to 
your fundamentals mm-hmm. like your veil is removed and you just shoot the shit that you wanted to sh- want to shoot mm. at least that's what happened for me like i really had this is another thing like, this is another horse that i've flogged i had really big imposter syndrome at the start i remember sitting in that that box and feeling a, com- a completely foreign feeling that i have not felt um since high school I know the feeling that you're talking about. Mm. And it was like, I felt muted. Really? Because everyone was such big personalities. Yes. I always think about this on every season of Big Brother, when Big Brother was good. Yeah. Right? I'm like, okay, these people are all the biggest personalities in their friendship groups. And then they're coming together and they're not going to know how to operate when there's bigger personalities around them. Yes. And it is bizarre. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I was the youngest as well, which on first glance is like that's something as well. Um, I remember everybody, all every, all the boys say when they first met me, they, they just thought I was going to be like a wallflower. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew, I also knew in my, I, I know how I operate and I like to just like have a understanding of everything mm-hmm. before I, um, maybe that's a control thing. I don't know, but I like to. I, before I start being my complete self, I want to know everyone around me. Does that make sense? Sounds strategic. Ugh. I kind of like it. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, that is odd. I, I feel- know what you're – and it's a very relatable thing because I think I'm not really a shy person but put me with the right people and I will be shy and my friends will go, are you okay, what's wrong? And I'm like, mm. I'm just uncomfortable. Like right. I don't know how to operate around people that are, you know, woo girls or whatever. Yeah. Um. So I think everyone can relate to that. You don't need to be on a show like maths to relate to that story. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, put yourself around people that you're not necessarily used to being around Mm. and you're going to falter. You're going to crumble. Yeah, That's the other thing, right? It's like they're putting everybody in a friend setting of people who have no relationship with each other either, which Mm. is quite, that's Mm -hmm. usually when we're all, let's say you go to a seminar or -hmm. something, you know, you're being spoken to, but this is a circle where it's a little bit of a free-for-all as well. Like egos are meant to be am- amped up. You're meant to be sort of hyped up. And it it was so high school-like it wasn't even funny. So I've, I've asked you as fellow Tossapod collaborator, do you got any news for me? Always. Love it. I am the resident journalist in the room. That's true. I say journalist loosely. <laughs> okay. Are you a Swifty? Uh, no. You know what? She kind of, mm, I'm scared, but she kind of annoys me a little bit. Ollie, you are preaching to the choir. Yeah. I'm also scared of the Swifties. Yeah. And I also am not really a Taylor Swift fan. Nah. When the whole concert ticket thing was going on, I felt really left out. Yeah. I was like, maybe I should just be a Swiftie for a couple of days to be part of this. It does look like a good show. Well, it does look like a good community to be a part of. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> but they are ferocious. Mm. Yes. Well, they've unearthed something. What they got. Right. So I'm not sure if you've seen, because you can't really escape Taylor Swift in the news cycle. She is very popular. Yeah, I know. So she has a rumoured love interest at the moment. I did too. NFL player. Let me just check his name. NFL player Travis Kelsey. Yes. Right. She was at his game, cheering with mum, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. They must be dating. Right. I don't know how many boys mums I hang out with. Are you I'm talking about them. the conspiracy? That no, she, but um, please take it away. That, she, that she's trying to, she's originally from the hometown that apparently they might be versing this person in the Super Bowl and she's oh. deliberately dating him to, to, 
to then ghost him the day of the Super Bowl or the days leading up to the Super Bowl, break up with him on Super Bowl day so he doesn't perform well. Oh, my God. That is a wild conspiracy theory. Mm. I love that, and I think that we should delve into conspiracy theories later in the podcast. <laughs> okay. Anyway, the Rugrats one, did you ever hear that one? Yes. Not today. I love that one. Later. Let's, let's delve. Anyway, no. They've unearthed this clip of this man, Travis. Travis, yes. <laughs> They've unearthed a clip of Travis from 2016. Okay. Right? So what's that, six, six, seven years ago? Yeah. He was on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen. Uh, Andy Cohen. You I know, know Andy Cohen? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the show. Yeah. So he's getting asked by this Real Housewives of New York alumni, you know, what are your deal breakers? Yeah. And she asked him, how do you feel about women who aren't into giving oral head? Oral head. Oral sex. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, sounds like a deal breaker, basically. Right. And everyone's like, oh, it's a bit icky, blah, blah, blah. But what are your thoughts? I love surprising people. No, I like this. I like this. Okay, this is going to shock people. Mm-hmm. If oral is digital, I prefer analog. Got you. Love's a handy. <laughs> I mean, look, I think people can read between the lines. Anyway, interesting. So... What I want to know then is if someone goes, can't do the analogue or is that a deal breaker? Um, they, oh, if they don't, well, no, because really to me, look, if they can't do the Greenwich Mean Time sex. <laughs> oh, don't know where you made that one up, but sure. Yep. Go on. Which, that is the owner of all time. Because I only think of digital and analogue when it refers to time. Yeah. Um, if they can't do sex, then it, if they can't do the sex. Yeah, do the sex. <laughs> what, do you want to do the sex? I'll have one cocaine, please. But if, uh, look, is that, I mean, I mean uh, I've, I'm now of the belief a little bit in my life that, um, you know, when you see uh, people that have been together for 25 years and they, Maybe they make it known that they're not very intimate very mm-hmm. often. Yep. And sometimes they don't even need to say it overtly. You can see it with your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there are many forms of love. And I think that you can be in a relationship with a person. Um, and I think you can love that person like your partner. And I think that affection can be shown in different ways. I know that this is a crazy statement. Uh, yeah, I kind of maybe five years ago I came to that. Um, no, maybe less. I came to that sort of, yeah, thought process on my own. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. It's funny that you say this because that's a very mature response. Well done, Ollie. <laughs> but I want to flip it for a second because I think that there's this automatic targeting of a man to say this about a woman, how dare he? However, I know someone that if they do not go down on her on the first night that they have sex, see you later, slam the door. What? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. I don't get it. As in like everyone's sitting there and going, oh, this is a bit icky oh, that the, he's saying this. Oh, but the, I, The yeah. girl, you yeah. know a girl that says if so that. So it's, it's a deal breaker for her. She says if they don't go down on me, that's a deal breaker because she sees it as anti-feminist. What? <laughs> I mean, I. How do you bring politics into the bedroom? Well, it's like what's your issue with down there? On the first date, though? It doesn't have to be first date, right. but the first time you get intimate with one another. Right. You know? Yeah, I think... Intimate. I feel like I am really am in a maths episode. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, 
Like, yeah, I look. I would say that I'm I'm selective, not selective, but yeah, no, select. Like, I I like to do it when do the sex. No, I, I think I do it a little bit. I think I do it a little bit down the line. Um, I agree. I think that doing that's more intimate than doing the sex. Right, but do you think it's more intimate than a blowjob? That's what I'm. Right. Oh, a guy going down on you is more intimate than a girl going down on a guy. Yeah, you're like no, they're both the. If you said that they were both the same, I would be like, that makes sense. I mean. It kind of feels like they're both the same, but I think from a woman's perspective, we've probably, I can understand that for some women, they might feel a lot more exposed in a way that a man might not in right. that position. Yeah. 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 Do you think it's more intimate? I don't want to say that I do because mm. I feel like then I'm, for some reason, I'm anti-feminist now all of a sudden. <laughs> as long as you're doing it, doll, it's fine. And you don't have, you can have feelings about it. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I kind of... I wait a little bit, but then I guess if I got it on the first date, I would be like, ah, oh, this is sick. Mm. So Then you're setting a precedent too, aren't you? Exactly. Mm. So it is a little bit of a double standard. It is a little bit of a hypocrisy. And look, maybe I am being chauvinistic, oink, oink. Yeah. Um, I think everyone knows that you're not a sexist a-hole. Well, um, what else you got? <laughs> you want a different news story? We want to talk about more about what he said. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Okay. One thing I want to ask you is this clip has surfaced from 2016, right? He's about 27 at the time. He's mm -hmm. now 33. Mm -hmm. You're 27, sure. are you? Yes. Yep. Almost 28, Scorpio, represent. Yep. And are you a Scorpio? I am not. God, oh, no. Capricorn. Okay. Oh, my God. That it makes all makes sense. sense now. Oh, my God. Um, okay. So, yeah, it's from 2016. He's 27. You're 27. Is there anything that you think is going to come and bite you in the ass? Or was there anything when you went on maths that you had to get rid of because you thought maybe it's going to bite me in the ass? Oh, God, it's a great question. I got a great reply. Okay, so you see the scar on my head here? I do. I was going to ask about it. So that happened after Final Vows. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm at my – not like when we were wait when we were back in our hometown before – the reunion. Mm -hmm. I'm at my mate's bucks. There's two separate stories here. I'm going to go with what you mentioned with what I didn't want to come out. Do you want it to come out now? Are you ready? <laughs> so I am drunk as all get out. Couldn't like, we've been drinking all day. Da, 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 da. And the barmaids have arrived, right? Barmaids. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then as this has happened, I've, I really love like taking little naps or something or going on my own adventure when I'm so wasted, uh, I will go on like my own little trip. You're one of those. Yeah. yeah. And so I go, I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in like my mate had a bed. I was in all my clothes and I was like, I don't want people to see me on the bed. Um, and the closest side to the thing. Um, so I'm going to lie down on the side of the bed that is not closest to the door. Hidden mm -hmm. can have my little nap. Mm -hmm. It's a great plan. Mm -hmm. The adult entertainment, the barmaids, mm -hmm. their bags were there, right? So this is what happens. And this is a hard story. Uh, like the, having to tell Tani this was very difficult because it sounds incredibly suspect. <laughs> they come in. 
Now, somebody has tipped him off. Somebody's tipped him off. I think it was my mate when it was like, hey, math, because it's before it, they come in and start taking photos with me. Oh. Now, you have to think about the optics here. Oh, yeah. They are taking it lying on a bed. Where am I? It kind of looks like I'm on a bed. Right. Right? Okay. Yep. Now, luckily, clothes on, mm-hmm. shoes on. Mm-hmm. Right. But the photo's not great. Yeah, okay. So my mate at the end of the night, Gavin, you idiot. So he, one of the girls comes up to him and is like, uh, shows him like a photo. Oh, look, we got this photo of Ollie. He's like, <laughs> you got to send me that, man. You right. got to send me that. Okay. He, the next day, posted in the boys chat like. <laughs> okay, so it's circulating at this point. Look at this. This is so funny. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, and he didn't even click. And everybody, you idiot. Boo. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, Good friends you have there then, some. Yeah. Yeah, some. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gavin, he just, he's like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, so I'm talking with the PR team. Oh, dear. Talking oh. with the PR. And they're like, it's coming out. It's going to come out. Do you want to see the photo? I would love to. Fuck. Yeah, I feel like this will really give me the context that I need. I know what it looks like in my head right now. Yeah. How long did you have this sitting on your conscience for? Probably about five months. Fuck that. On top of everything that you were yeah. experiencing. And I I said to them and I was like, can you please, please not sell, post this or can really? you delete it? Can you please delete it? So you had to it? get in contact with like the barmaid, yep. adult entertainment industry yep. company. Yep, DMs, all that jazz. Oh, dear. And then what did they say? How did they assure you? Well, they assured me, but... You will never know. It's always going to sit there in the back of your head yes. of maybe. Yes. I think that if it hasn't come out now, it's probably not going to happen oh, unless I, you become... To be honest, I don't even care now that I have... Zac Efron. <laughs> but now that I have this platform where I can... I literally just told you the story, but the problem was prior to that, I couldn't tell the story. Yes. Like, how can I tell the story? Understood, understood. So then when everyone's starting to get to know you in Australia and really backing you and Tani in your relationship, then you just fear that this Daily Mail article is going to come out. Yes. Ollie and, you know, adult entertainment industry people in this photo, blah, blah, blah. That's a real fear to live with. Yes. It was, um, oh, God, it was terrifying. I wonder how much Daily Mail is paying for that kind of thing anyway. Yeah, uh, well, look, I don't think it's got the same pull as it did back then. Totally, but I think that it really would have popped off back then because you really fit this good guy narrative and I still think you are a good guy. You obviously didn't know what the fuck was going on, but that would have really ruffled some feathers because people would have thought they're a sure thing. It's definitely going to happen. Oh, God, yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've got my ring on. <laughs> so it's like it's it's time stamped. You can't write this shit. Oh, eh? dude, and that's why. Like it, honestly, it would have made perfect sense for it to come out. Mm. And okay, so I've explained the story, right? The pitch is not great. <laughs> you ready, sir? I'm so ready. Oh dear, I think it's the way that you're positioned and your neck back. As if you have just had a great time. And, and it, okay, it looks like I'm smiling, right? Yeah, it looks, honestly, it looks du- like you've just ejaculated. Yep. And if you double tap on my face, that is the face that I pull when I'm sleeping. Right. You can see that it's not necessarily a smile. It's a. 
It looks like a, whoa, that was a good one. <laughs> the way that you're holding your collar as well. Oh, like just no. Like, like self-soothing after. This would be bad for the person. Like the person in the photo, that would be bad for them. Yeah. That's but- why it wouldn't be worth, you know, I don't even think there's a way to crop that to get the most damaging part and still include you that that would get out. But I understand True. the fear. You would be like, they'll find a way. They'll Photoshop an emoji on her head or whatever. And then... The same night, I was in emergency. Oh, Dale. So a night to remember, really. Yes, okay. because I tried to shave the Bucks' head. Yes. And his brother mm. um, said, you're not going to shave his head. And I actually wasn't going to shave his head. Mm. But then he told me no when I was drunk, and that just got me mad. I said, oh, I am going to bloody do it. Um, I was actually going to shave the back. And he's got a, he's got a zero fade. He's right. got a zero fade, Liam. So, uh. Just a- so we do a segment on the show. We call it uh, Am I the Tosser? Um, Very pe- excited. People do love this. Yeah, people mm. coming in, they ask questions. They, they want to know, are they the Tosser in this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got uh, Katiana from Ipswich and she says, I'm just going to get right to it. My boyfriend, 28-year-old male, she's a 25-year-old female, likes to be called daddy in bed mm-hmm. while we're being in- intimate. Bit of a buzzword right now in the in the old um, rump room. I've obliged this request, but it's starting to creep me out, and I've decided I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> he is not happy with this, and it, he insists it has nothing to do with the connotation of the word. He, he simply just enjoys hearing me say it. <laughs> Since he wasn't budging on the issue, I told him I'd like to be called grandma in bed as a compromise. <laughs> he didn't like this option and said it was giving him visuals he'd prefer not to have. Like, okay, join the fucking club. Anyway, last time we tried to initiate intimacy, I started to refer to myself as grandma in the third person. Do you like it when grandma does that? (laughs) And he flew off the handle. Said I ruined the mood, made him feel gross, and I was being ridiculous. I think I proved my point, but he thinks I'm a tosser. So am I the tosser? No, he is the tosser. (laughs) If someone does not want to do something in the bedroom, that's up to them. Totally. Right, I get that that was a bit fucked up to say that when you're having sex, but if you're in a relationship for that long, yeah. there'll be other times to have sex. Yes, it's okay. Yeah, just keep it in the holster, lad. What do you think? No, I think he. I don't think. I think she's hilarious. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that it's. Is she free for coffee? We would like to meet yeah, you. Yeah, please. We would come like on. to be your friend. Yeah, no, she's um. That's hilarious. Love that. Um, yeah, no, that's that's too good. Okay, so this is Ima from Notting Hill. Oh. Um, so we've got people in the UK. Yeah. Um, so I, 27-year-old female, and getting married to my fiance, fiance, 27-year-old male, in a little under three weeks. Everything has been going amazing with the planning, and I'm ecstatic for the day. My best friend Cassie, whom I've been friends with since we were 10 years old, is my maid of honour. She truly is one of the sweetest people I've ever met and has stuck with me through everything. She's been, she's been the biggest help in planning this whole ordeal and I wouldn't trade her for the world. However, however, I've never been the biggest fan of her girlfriend, Sophie. I always show her respect and try to include her in things, but she's a huge introvert and sometimes it can come off as disrespect in return. Cassie's own words. But they always seem to be very happy together, so I hope she warms up to me a little, a little in time. They've only been together for a little over a year and a half. Several days ago, Sophie approached me, asking if it would be okay if she proposed during my reception. She claimed it would be a great way for Cassie and I to bond more. Having our weddings linked and all that, 
Not that we need any more time to bond. She's already my other half. I love Cassie to death, but I'd never allow that for anyone. I shut the idea down immediately, and Sophie got all pissy with me and left. She said something along the lines of, I don't need your permission anyway, and walked out the door. This made me fearful that she'd attempted anyway, so I went to Cassie. Needless, oh. needless to say, Cassie was mad. I never really see her get angry, but she was livid. She apologized profusely and said she couldn't believe Sophie would ever think of doing something like that. And that was the end of our conversation. However, two days ago, I got another call from Sophie berating me for spoiling her plan to propose and was informed that Cassie would be attending the wedding by herself and is currently not speaking to her. I was concerned that wasn't the entire story, so I called Cassie. She was a mess. She said she was staying with her parents right now and disinvited Sophie as her plus one because she was scared Sophie would have proposed anyway. She didn't want to ruin my wedding. I told her to come stay with me for a while instead, and she showed up several hours later, still a complete mess. She said that she and Sophie had a huge fight, and she was reconsidering whether or not she wanted to stay in this relationship. According to Cassie, these fucking geez, she can fucking write. Hmm? According to Cassie, these fights are a common occurrence. I feel awful for ruining her proposal and potentially ruining her relationship. Cassie has been picking herself up in front of me and continuing to be great with the last minute to-dos, but I've caught her crying while I'm not around. I love her and I don't want her to resent me for this, so I need to know, am I the tosser and is there anything I can do to fix this? Oh, this is a tough one. It's juicy. It's so complex when it comes to a friendship that's existed for many years Mm. outside of a relationship. Mm. Fuck. Mm. Oh, it's tough. See, she is a tosser for ruining the proposal. You could do it in other ways. Am I wrong in saying that people in relationships, they know that they're going to get proposed to at some point by this person because you discuss marriage before you get proposed to? Mm, No, but mm, true. So it's like, well, if you're going to get proposed anyway, it's just not going to be at the location that we agreed on. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still, that's just a little bit of a tosser there. I think she probably should have thought about her actions before she revealed that. But Mm. I also understand she probably has a wedding brain and was just like, she saw that this moment was probably going to overtake her big day, which I totally get. I wouldn't want my friend getting proposed to at my reception. Yeah. Don't don't you think? No. Fuck no. I don't think there's any tosser element in that. I think that's just normal human behavior to want the day to be about you. Yeah. Uh, Look. Sophie is more of a tosser, you know? I agree, yeah. But, but there's alliteration here. Tosser tendencies from the person Ima. Yeah, from Ima. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Obviously, what's the friend's name? Cassie. Cassie. Cassie is tossless. Yeah, she's without toss. Without toss, in my opinion. I think that, oh, I don't know if there's like one that overrides as the bigger tosser. I think that Sophie is the bigger tosser. Yeah. The thing is, it's very hard for the other person to be the tosser um, the person writing because they are writing in their defence. Mm. They're writing with their own bias. Yeah. So it's always hard. Yeah. But that's why I'm always like, you can't be telling Cassie she was going to propose. There's got to be another way. You needed yeah. to have a little bit more of a blueprint of how you of how the argument was going to go, places you go to, places you don't. Mm. And what was the second part of the question? She wanted some advice on how to move forward. Well, we're not going to know how to bloody answer this. Is there anything I can do to fix this? Just, I think you just need to take accountability, yes. as um, <laughs> I'm sure our maths contestant will tell you. Take accountability. Take account for yep. what you've done. Apologise profusely, to use your words, and 
just be there for her, obviously. She needs all the support she can have right now. But I think at the end of the day, if this is going to cause an issue in their relationship, then something else would have caused an issue down the line. Fair. I don't think you didn't ruin their relationship, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But you did stuff up their wedding. So maybe that's a good thing. Um, so shout out to shout out to Ima for that one. Yes. Um, okay. Last one. This is Jimmy from Ballarat. And he says, oh, actually, sorry, it's Jamie. It's Jamie from Ballarat. My family does a gift exchange drawing each year for Christmas. We all reach into a bowl and pull out a name on a slip of paper. Mm -hmm. That is the person for whom we are to buy a gift for, the big Christmas get-together. I honestly hate this ritual as it's a bundle of stress to find something for someone you barely know, but we do it because the family always has. Jamie, I know what you're talking about. In 2019, I drew the 60-year-old husband of my great-aunt. I know he and my great-aunt were very well off and really neither wanted nor needed anything. I also thought that the budget we had for gifts of $50 max was not going to get him anything within his or her taste level. Since he did a lot of driving for his work, I found him a rather expensive set of tools to keep in his car trunk should he need them. He opened them during the party, seemed appreciative, and thanked me. This past Christmas, I saw... My gift was from my great aunt. When I opened it, I immediately recognized the tool set I'd given him three years before. (laughs) Even the tape I had put on part of a torn label was there. I paused, broke into a big smile and excitedly exclaimed that this was incredible as when I bought her husband a set three years ago. I had wanted to get a set for myself as well. But the store had told me the set was discontinued and no longer available. I gushed that she must have gone to a lot of trouble to find one just like the one I gave him three years ago. Yes, I mentioned him giving me the set three years ago many times. (laughs) I then made a big show of running over, hugging her and saying, thank you, thank you. She and he just had odd smiles frozen on their faces. Oh, they realised. See, my great aunt has a reputation whispered behind her back of being incredibly cheap and re-gifting most of what she receives. All the relatives had witnessed me make a big production out of this one instance. My mum later took me aside and chastised me for what I did as my great aunt was visibly embarrassed and had left very soon after the gift exchange. I just looked at her and innocently asked what I did that was wrong by thanking her for a gift I really wanted. So, was I the tosser? (laughs) <laughs> the passive aggressiveness of her is to be celebrated. I disagree. That being said, I'm just like, I'm a bit of a hoe for the drama. Mm. However, they are the tosser. Jamie's the tosser. Jamie's the tosser for going like Yeah. That. Like, look. Maybe they didn't know. What do you mean? Maybe they didn't know that they were regifting. They knew. That's why they acted in that way. What do you mean? I'm talking about the, the old parents. The old people, yeah. yeah, because in our house we have like a you know, presents that never got given to someone Mm. or presents that, you know, things Mm. that we don't want anymore but they're still in their packaging. Mm -hmm. So I get it. It is something that might have happened. But even if she did know, yeah, you're right. You're right. She probably just didn't know Mm. and therefore Jamie is a tosser. I don't like passive aggressive. I hate it. Like say it as it is. Do you think that would have been ruder in this scenario? I think it would have been more tossy. I would, if that was me, I would have been like, I gave you this to you like three years ago. Yeah. Like just pointed it out and made a joke of it. Yeah. 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 Um, My sister loves passive aggression Mm. and I love my sister to bits. She won't speak to me for a week sometimes and I don't know. 
that mm. she's she's like, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Not happy with you. I'm like, is that why you haven't been speaking to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate it. Mm. Um, so she's the tosser based on my prejudice against passive aggression for me. Right. Okay. Yeah, look, I just think that the I think that Jamie should have opened it played nice, oh, my God, blah, 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 then had a little bitch behind their back. And mm. I know that's not great as well. Don't bitch behind people's backs. Mm. But I think, like, aunties are generally sweet, right? Yep. They're generally trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Also, the gift exchange is just called Secret Santa and just something that I was thinking while I was <laughs> listening to that. I was like, oh, thank you for this brand new information, Jamie. I'm joking. Love you, Jamie. Appreciate the context of people that don't actually know what Secret Santa is. However, yeah, I just think grin and bear it, have a little bitch to mum later and just keep everyone happy. Mm, no, totally. 1,000%. Okay, well, we've gone deep. Yeah, we didn't even touch on some things, so I'll have to save it for a later day. Yes, yes. Mm. So, no, I appreciate you coming on. Um, clearly, we're going to be doing more of it. Um, so, Chantel Schmidt, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It was an honour. Very kind. Of you. you have <laughs> that been... wasn't me being passive aggressive. Ah, you mother trucker, yeah, dude. Sarcasm, it's my favourite toxic trait. Well, let's end it on this. You've been watching the Ollie Skelton show that everybody rates. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you enjoy the episode, please do yourself a favour and rate it five stars on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It goes a long way. It puts me up in the algorithm. People can see it there. Anyway, um, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. God bless. Um, and be real. If you could just wave to the camera there. Is that a queen? Might have a princess diaries wave. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.